for tuning in to another episode of my Not So Balanced Life podcast. I'm Natalie. And I'm Allie. And it definitely shouldn't have taken us this long to record this intro, so grab a snack and let's chat. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of my Not So Balanced Life podcast. Yay, yay. Yay, yay. I sound like... um. Penny Proud's dad, you know, in the Proud family. He's like, yay, yay. The Proud family. That was a great show. Good show. I feel like they were trying to bring that. They're trying to bring everything back. It wouldn't surprise me. Yes, they are trying to bring everything back. And part of me is kind of annoyed with it. But the other half of me is like, I mean, I'm here for I'll it. Watch it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I will watch it. It's like Disney Plus strategically streaming all of their reboots just on their channel. I saw this uh, trailer for a Disney Plus show, and it's like this music teacher is having them recreate High School Musical, but it's literally like a rendition to High School Musical. It's so weird. They're like, I'm going to play Troy's part, and I'm going to play Gabriella's part. And I'm just like, nobody is going to be Troy and Gabriella. No. Like, just face it. You're never going to get someone as talented or as not talented to play those roles. And honestly, justice for Sharpay. Yeah. Well, actually, we started watching a new show and Sharpay was on it. Ashley Tisdale? Yes. So she's still booked and busy regardless, of her, regardless of her Disney days. So I saw this thing on another person's show that they were like justice for Sharpay because she just wanted – to make his career you know and i have to find it because it it was to a lizzo song oh god and i'm just like ugh. but it was really funny your favorite and i have to give credit where credit's due she was on the cover of vogue she's thriving ashley tisdale was oh no no no, lizzo oh i was like true no 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 no. busy i guess no 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 miss lizzo was on the cover of vogue I'm sure her outfit is 10 times better than what she wore to the concert. Just saying. The cover is slaying. Also, like, guys, we saw Work the World Tour. Oh, yeah. RuPaul's Drag. What is, what is, I know that's the title is Work the World, but like RuPaul's Drag Race. You need to watch the show. It's pretty fabulous. Like the drag scene, like, isn't my scene necessarily. Like, if I'm there and it happens, like, I'm here for it. But, like, I won't go out of my way to, like, watch that show or do all of that. But it was 100% perfect. It was. They like, crushed it. I just want their hair. Although one of the girls looked like Irma. I don't know. What? I don't know. Drag queens. <laughs> one of the queens. Her corset or, oh. like, or her waistband was so tight and I get it because like I have a really wide rib cage too so like I feel you sister but could you breathe no that is the question that's the point (laughs) like she just couldn't breathe she couldn't breathe she could barely walk with that thing and it was concerning to me like it was just really concerning it was one of those like vintage corsets where they literally cinch your waist in until you look like an hourglass. Dang, that was hard to look. It was hard to look at. Like the only thing that was basically getting pulled in was the skin underneath the rib. And it was just like, it was almost at an angle. It was intense. That was an intense corset. 
I mean, the other the other ladies were, you know, wearing like some body slimming outfits, but that was like legit a corset. And on top of that, the male dancers, it was just it was a lot. <laughs> a lot of it was a lot of um I don't want to say the word. Like like the space between your butt yeah. and your front. <laughs> there is a lot of I don't little- like the word, so I'm just just imagine guys let's just say gold thongs male thongs and some horns if that makes sense that was the vibe yeah that that one that was aggressive (laughs) but i think that bitch won the show so more power to her yeah seriously i feel like the hostess should have won to be honest with you her set was my favorite yes but she was like the mc like she had to be great Fabulous. She probably was like runner up or something, but I want to know how if the if the woman with the course said if she actually won, like how did she win? Because she couldn't walk because there was no air in her body to like function the rest of the muscles. Well, every like if you ever noticed her movements were very like slow and like there wasn't much movement except for when she was on the the aerial contraption that I realized was a giant penis. Yeah, you guys, it was Which I don't know how Allie didn't notice that right out the gate, but she noticed it after the performance when he was literally flying around in front of her for like 10 minutes. Anyways, it was slaying on Tuesday. Them bitches know how to perform and work the world. Seriously, it was so good. So good. I just want to like dance with them. I just want to be friends. I feel like they'd be fun. Yeah, but you can never cross one of them. You can never, like, that's it. Like, if you make one of them mad, like, forget it. You're out. You're out. You're done, so. Yeah. I guess it's kind of like with me. Like, they just hold grudges. And you know what? I'm here for a good grudge. I'll forget about it. But if you remind me, like, I'm going to be angry again. I'm trying to look up who the winner was. I haven't seen it. Definitely go check out Work the World, RuPaul's Drag Race. Yes, queen. Also, my mom said she heard the last week's episode and she was just like, oh, so you think I have to go to confession? And I'm like, yeah, you and Nat, just carpool there. <sighs> um. Anyway, guys, today's episode is going to be a fun one because we're talking about perfection and how everybody should be perfect, okay? If you're not perfect, just get out of here. Well, that's aggressive. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We are talking about perfection, but how perfection is for the freaking birds, okay? It's not real. It's no. not real. No. And we're going to talk about all the different types of quote-unquote perfection we see in maybe like our lives or maybe that you guys can relate to and how it can really take away from your experience with things or it can prevent you from doing things because you're scared or it just freaking sucks, period. Okay, here we go. Diving in. We're we're just going to dive in. Okay, so these are the things that I thought of when I was like, okay, perfection. Like what do I feel needs to be perfect all the time? This first thing that came to mind was obviously like this podcast 
like it was on my mind to do a podcast a year before I brought the idea up to Natalie. You know, it was floating around and I was like, oh my God, I have to do this podcast. But if I do it, like it has to be perfect. And like, I don't know how to edit. So like I have to learn how to edit before we do that. I don't know how to create anything. I'm going to have to learn how to do that. You know, and I was like, I've managed more than one Instagram account, but like, what's one more? Like, that's going to be way too much and it's not going to be perfect. And like, people are going to hate it. And then, no, who's going to even listen to this and blah, blah, blah. But all the time spent like worrying about it didn't help me in the end, you know? Yeah. What, what, what are your thoughts, lady? I don't know. I feel like I've come a long way with my perfectionism tendencies, to be honest with you. I, I feel like I feel like I started to kind of lose not lose control but like loosen the reins on that a little bit more when we got into grad school because in undergrad it was like all right I need to get A's I need to get A's I need to get A's like A's yeah. are the only only thing that mattered to me like a B is terrible like mm-hmm. I won't like I won't get into grad school F. yeah like I won't get into grad school if I if I have one B like god help me so mm-hmm. You know, I was pretty stressed from that respect, um, a lot of undergrad because of that feeling that I had. And then I feel like my feelings of perfectionism kind of like hit a tipping point when I started losing weight um, because it was a matter of like me trying to get to a standard of like happiness with you know, achieving my ultimate body type, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So it got to kind of like a possessive level, like in terms of like calorie monitoring, the amount of cardio that I was doing, like things that on paper are really, really good and helpful, but at the level that I was doing them were borderline, you know, dangerous, I guess, in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, so that really hit like a different tipping point for me because I was trying to achieve a a standard that I had built in my mind of what a perfect body would look like to me. Um, and it's hysterical because looking back, I think I looked at like my BMI and like, it was like a hundred and nothing. Well, it was like 160 or like 155 pounds, which like, I'm a, I'm a pretty broad backed girl. So like that weight on my body would, I would look sick but I didn't think that I thought that that's what I needed to hit like that's what I needed to achieve to look beautiful so academics I was stressed out because I was like I need to get into grad school weight wise I was stressed out because I was like I need to get to this goal weight that I had in my mind that was like perfect and then I got to grad school and my only goal in that sense to make it through (laughs) well Academically, yes, but when I had started grad school, I had also started my first full-time job at the same time. It was full-time, mm-hmm. full-time in both, and that was really stressful because of my perfectionism, so I did not want to fail. I'm not someone that likes to fail, and when I fail, I take it really hard because that's not in my character to just accept that I didn't achieve a goal that I wanted to hit. And so I was put through the ringer with a really tough manager, um, a manager that, I mean, HR had to intervene with this manager. So, I mean, he was not good. Um, to me, but I stepped up as best as I could to the challenge. Um, 
And it ended up taking a toll on me. And to the point where I was stressing myself so much with trying to be perfect in this job and in grad school that I was giving myself literal chest pains. So I've come a long way because I have had to accept that at the end of the day, I can only control what's controllable. Um, And I'm talking two ways out of my mouth a little bit because that's something that I'm still trying to do better every single time a challenge like that comes along. I'm trying to be better at that because I fear the unknown sometimes. Um, and I've had to relinquish the fact that I'm not going to know the outcome on a lot of things I can't, like, it's just not predictable. Um, and I've come a long way with that, but I still have a lot further of a way to go. Yeah. Um, and that just comes with time that comes with experience that comes with being self-assured a little bit. Um, and understanding where you are in terms of you as a person and and what's acceptable to you um especially with work like i had to come to the terms with myself especially in my first job that if i'm not failing i'm not learning that's how i look at failing now that's how i had to kind of roll with adapting my perfectionist tendencies a little bit in a professional sense because i was punished i was stressing myself so much about trying to do things perfectly the first time that there were a lot of different, there were a lot of potential opportunities or ways that I was looking at information that were probably more difficult to do. Um, so I've come to the place now that if I'm not failing, if I'm not trying to do the best that I can at this, then I'm not trying to learn the learn the better way learn the appropriate way so again not easy but have made a lot of progress yeah in grad school I cared for maybe two semesters and then I got to finance and I was like I just need to turn this in Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just need to finish the test you know but I mean, it's like with everything, like when you start something new, you like want to be really, really good at it. And then Mm -hmm. after a while, you're just like, whatever, it's, it is what it is. You know, like you, you try your hardest. It doesn't mean like you giving up perfection doesn't mean you're trying your best. You know, that's, that's literally like you're trying your best and you understanding that your best may not be perfect or it's not going to be perfect, but Mm -hmm. that's the best you can do. Mm-hmm. So you always want to put your best foot forward when you're doing anything and really give it, you know, a good effort and just accept that it's either going to go your way or it's not. And I don't do that well. Um, I have a hard time letting go of things that, I don't know, that I, I want to excel in or, yeah, I just I just don't let things go. And... I know I have to, I know I need to, but it's something that I struggle with a lot um, to the point where it like stresses me out so bad that I have like, I so I always joke that I'm going to give myself an ulcer, but like I probably will like for real <laughs> with the amount of stress that like I put on myself and 
before, if it didn't affect me, like personally, like if there was an issue happening or something going on and the issue had no, like literally nothing to do with me, I'd be like, whatever, like, I don't care what's going on. But lately I feel like I'm taking on so many people's like burdens or so many people's like issues or problems and like making them my problem for some reason. Like I I want to, to be helpful in a way that isn't conducive for like my health, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah. I'm just trying to be everything for everyone. And I, I, you can't, you freaking can't because then you can't freaking show up for yourself. But what I wanted to talk about is perfection when trying new things. So recently I had somebody reach out to us, you know, actually, no, it was more than two people. It was like two, maybe three people, three or four that have asked us about like starting a podcast or starting, you know, something like what we're doing here. And we love the questions. Please do not think that we're just like, don't ask us because I will share everything that I've done and that we've done to put this podcast together. Um, It's really been a a dual effort to get this thing rolling. And I, I will share anything that I have done that I know with you. Um, but a lot of the same, uh, what's what I'm looking for? Theme, right? There's a consistent theme throughout all the questions that we get. And it's how do I, like, like it, I don't exactly know where the podcast is going to go. I'm like, I'm scared to start because I don't, I don't know what's going to happen like when we start recording or I don't know if this is going to be right or I don't know if we're going to mess up or if this is even going to be good. And I'm like, chances are it's not going to be good your first time through. No. And that's okay because our first episode, good God, it was a lot of, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like we did a good job for it being the first episode, you know, but like over time we've learned what to do, what not to do. just how to, how to work through things, you know, and accepting the fact that it's not going to be perfect when you first do something, whether it's start a podcast or create a blog or start a coaching business, become a life coach, start a Tumblr business, you know, all of these things, there are going to be issues that arise that you cannot foresee. It's just a matter of you. What's the word I'm looking for? Adapting, but it's just like, grabbing the bull by the horns and just being like, okay, this is the issue. How do I work through it? Mm -hmm. Who can I reach out to, to ask for help? Mm -hmm. And if it's us, please like reach out to us because we love helping you guys about with anything. Um, and even if we can't give you advice, like we found, at least I did when I was researching how to start a podcast, when I thought I was going to do this alone. I mean, YouTube is YouTube university, like it literally teach you everything on there. And, you know, just waiting for your project or your side hustle or anything to be perfect. You're going to be waiting forever. You're going to be waiting and waiting and waiting. And you're never actually going to do anything. And that's something that I feel like perfection hinders a lot of people because everybody has potential. Everybody has potential to do something whether it's something that you think you want to do or whether you try something that doesn't work out, but then you end up doing something else that you wouldn't have thought that that was your shtick, but 
you know, life geared you that way, like that's fine. But do not let the fear of not being perfect keep you from doing what you want to do. And because you're, you're never, it's never going to be perfect. Yeah. You know, there's, every- there's never a right time. There's never a right time. Oh. <clears throat> that was like me with the business. You know, it's like looking back on it, probably may have changed the timing of things a little bit just because these last couple of weeks, I mean, I've said it a million times with the wedding. It's just been a lot. Um, but at the same time, I dove into it because I was like, if I keep, this is something that I had been thinking about for a while. And I was like, if I keep just thinking about it and not acting on it, like I'm never going to end up doing, doing it to begin with. Um, and I think part of the challenge with like overcoming perfectionism is just the acceptance that you don't have all the answers. Um, and being okay with that, because I think, I think at least for me, like what I really had to come to terms with because I'm a very competitive person and part of my perfectionism is driven by my competitive nature. Um, but what I had to accept was that I'm not always going to be the top dog. Like I'm not always going to be the top dog. Like any sort of job that I go into, I'm going to be starting at the bottom of the barrel. But that doesn't mean I can't get to the level that I want to be at. That doesn't mean I can't challenge myself and learn from the people that are experts in this craft to be able to get to the same level as them, if not higher. Like I have the potential in that. But it's the initial understanding that your student that doesn't have all the answers is the really, really hard and challenging part about overcoming your perfectionism. And it's you know, it's not even a matter of overcoming it. Like being a perfectionist has like a lot of negative connotations, but honestly, I take a lot of pride in having, um, a higher level or like a higher standard for myself because I feel like my work speaks for itself. Like I take a lot of pride in that. Like I take a lot of time to be able to develop something from start to finish that I find to be perfect. And I mean, it speaks for itself. I get a lot of compliments at work about some of the things that I do. And it's just because of the effort that I put in. So I, it's not a bad thing to be a perfectionist. What makes being a perfectionist bad is when you're so caught up in the details and the logistics of something that you knock yourself out of the running of ever being able to grow and to move forward in the direction that you want to go in that's where it becomes a problem. If you're constantly stuck on the notion that I need to have everything lined up in order to be able to do this one thing, you're never going to do any of it. You're never going to even do the one thing, let alone anything else that you have planned for your future, because you're going to be constantly worrying about the logistics of just starting. No one, no one's successful, not a single person successful. You can look at every single fortune 500 company, whatever the major CEOs, freaking Zuckerberg, Jobs, Gates, they started in shitholes, but it didn't matter because they had an idea and it didn't matter to them whether or not they were going to fail or succeed. They just knew that they had to act on the idea. And that is where you, where perfectionists really struggle is the initial step of committing to the process that this might not work out and being okay with that. Right. So 
And I say that like, you know, like kind of aggressively, it's not meant to be aggressive, but it comes with experience because it's like, you know, I, there are a lot of things and people are probably like, oh, what does this girl know about life? You know, she's so young, blah. But there's a lot of things that I have passed up on because I didn't feel like I was ready. Like I, I never felt like I was ready. And who knows, you know, who knows what direction, especially like professional opportunities, who knows what direction that could have taken me in. You know, I could be in a much different position than I am right now. And I, you know, who knows? I didn't act on them, so I'll never know. But it's just the idea that setting your, because when you get inside your head, you're already setting yourself up for failure. That is the problem with being a perfectionist. And I think the issue is like when you're waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, like time doesn't stop because you're waiting for things to be perfect. Like time keeps going. And then before you know it, it's been a year and it's been X, Y, and Z. And you're like, where I haven't even done anything. And you can't, and I'm really bad at this, but you can't be scared to fail that to the point where you don't even try. Because in order to fail or to succeed, the initial step is the same. You got to do. You have to open that online little boutique. You have to freaking start the podcast. You have to actually publish something for it to be a freaking blog. You have to go to that gym class to know if you suck at CrossFit. Like you, the, the first step is literally the exact same whether you're going to fail at something or whether you're going to succeed at something. You can't just watch on the sidelines and expect to win the game. There's another underlying variable there that we're kind of dancing around, but like we haven't really You're said. a failure? No. Oh. That is, that is, we've said that one out loud. This yes. one we've kind of been dancing around, but we haven't explicitly said. You have to really not give a shit what other people think about you. Honestly. Well, it's not even that. Like, I feel like a failure, like other people might think that you failed, right? Okay, whatever. But like, I'm talking about from like your mental, like from the way you think about yourself. To some people, you might be successful. To an out, an what's an onlooker? An outside looker? What's the word I'm looking for? An onlooker? Onlooker. An onlooker. You might be living it up. You might be doing what they want to do. To yourself, you're like, I need, I need to be doing better. I need to be mm-hmm. publishing more stuff on my blog. I need to be, you know, more present on social media. I need to reach out to these companies to get some sort of sponsorship. Like I need to be doing more at my job. I need to be networking more. Like, so in your mind, yeah, you know, you're you're happy with where you are, but like if you're not succeeding, you're not growing, therefore you're failing. That could be the mentality that you have about yourself. So like, yes, I think it's important to like, to stop worrying about what other people think about you because that is also very crippling. Hi, Allie. Like I'm crippled by that probably on a daily basis, but I'm so hard on myself that sometimes I'm the only person standing in my way from doing something. Absolutely. I'm like, you're not good enough for that. Or like if you do it, like it's not going to be perfect. And then like people are going to criticize it and then you're going to look back at it and you're going to criticize it too. And then it's going to be like a shit show. And you know, and so like, I'm already breaking myself down before I've even 
taken that first step, which is doing whatever it is that you want to do. And I've said it a second ago, but if you're watching other people do what you want to do and not participating, you can't expect to to take anything away from that win. You can't expect to win with the team if you're not on the freaking team. If you're not doing what you want to be doing. It's like it's like my grandma, like the one that just recently passed away. She would always say like, oh, I don't know why I don't win the lottery. How come I don't win the lottery? I'm going to win the lottery. This I'm going to win the lottery and this is what I'm going to do with all the money. And I'm like, grandma, you have to freaking play the lottery to win the lottery. You can't just expect to win and what? You have like invisible lotto tickets in your purse next to those uh, Werther's caramels? Like, no. Well, the other thing- You have to play the game in order to win the freaking game. Totally agreeing with everything that you're saying. Like, not even going to argue it. Like, you can't- you cannot expect something to be given to you without trying yourself. That's just how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. The other piece to it too is outside of this, I mean, this is a to- totally different conversation. We've talked about it before. You can't knock the people or feel bitterness towards the people that are trying either. Like, right. you know, I think I think one of the adverse side effects of people that are like so crippled about, you know, or feel like an immense amount of anxiety because of things not working out or like fear of failure. Sometimes an adverse effect of that is a lot of judgment. Like, you know, oh, like, well, so-and-so, she's not really good at it. She shouldn't be doing it. Well, so-and-so's trying. Like, right. So-and-so is trying. <laughs> so-and-so is showing up to the gym or showing up and putting the extra work in at work or is going to night classes and doing all these things. Is she perfect? Is he perfect? No, but they are trying. They're trying to better themselves. And I think that's like a really important, like, I feel like growing up, there was so much emphasis put on me to be perfect. And that that has created a lot of anxiety for me growing up, like high school, like it was just, it was tough. Like not only just being perfect, like academically, but being perfect, like in in this physical manner, right? Like have to look a certain way. I got to do your makeup, all this different stuff. Like that stuff's like really anxiety inducing for me now as an adult. And for me, I'm just like, you know what? Like that CrossFit competition, perfect example. CrossFit competition, I didn't think I was ready for it. Like I really didn't, but I was like, I need to get out of my own head because truth of the matter is that I might not be ready for this, but I'm someone that's on the floor trying to be ready for this, trying to do my best. Like what'd you place? Did you, did you, uh, you know what? I think I got like 32nd out of like 65 competitors or something. That's awesome. Yeah. It was pretty, I had, um, I had the competition. I was pretty pumped. I had two top, let's see, I had two top 20 finishes. Um, I had one top 15 finish. Um, and then the other ones, I kind of, you know, like the body weight exercises, I kind of, you know, fell middle of the pack. But, and this is something I've been meaning to post. I haven't had a lot of time to post it, but I took uh, screenshot videos of some of the video that Brayden took of me in the competition. And like, none of it is perfect. Like everything, like I, like one of the workouts, I'm literally just flailing around on the floor because that's all I could do. And was I nervous as hell? Absolutely. Did I think I would keep up? No, I honestly didn't think I was going to finish any of the workouts that entire weekend. And I'll be damned. I finished middle of the pack 
And, you know, I, I walked out of that really proud of myself because some people were like, you're absolutely crazy for doing something like that. Like, why would you put yourself through that? You know, you know, more power to you, but like, you're still crazy and that's fine. But I did it to, to prove a point to myself that I like, I, I don't need to be ready to do this. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to do it for me. I'm going to do it to have fun. I'm going to do it to challenge myself and to work towards something, work towards a goal because that's what inspires me. That's what I need. So, you know, if you're the type of person that is in this spot where you're afraid to fail and afraid to try, that's fine. Be in your little corner, but don't pass judgment to the people that are. You know, it really pisses me off when I see like memes and stuff on the internet or like those super terrible like Twitter posts of like people making fun of like, you know, heavier set people or, you know, people with like disabilities. Like, the one that's coming to mind right now is, is I remember there was this like heavier guy who's just like dancing in the club. And this guy, he was a big guy, you know, but he was just dancing. He was, he was there with friends. He was having a good time. And someone, someone took a photo to make fun of him and said, who's basically this fat slob in the club. He has no business being here. Like, do go fuck yourself. That guy was living his best life. And you know what? I was in, in that moment, I was so happy to see people actually rallied behind this guy and supported him and showed him, dude, you are not what these people make you look like. You, you do you, you keep enjoying what you like to do, which is to dance. And it's stuff like that. Like we have to, we have to shed a little bit of kindness. Um, and we have to, be understanding that we are all doing our own thing and what makes sense to one person might not make sense to me might not make sense to you but at the end of the day it's our lives and we do whatever the hell we want if you're the type of person that is too afraid to fail let others just do their thing and don't pass judgment on to them because that looks ugly on you (laughs) oh yeah that looks really dick no like and at the end of the day they're trying and you're not like look, take a good look in the mirror. Why are you feeling bitter about this? Are you, why are you feeling, feeling bitter about them? Is that you self-projecting the fact that you're disappointed in yourself, that you can't show up for yourself to try? That's the stuff that gets me. There's a lot of side effects that come with perfectionism. You know, crippling anxiety is definitely one of them, but also a lot of judgment is too, because I feel like sometimes what happens is that people that are in those positions self-project their insecurities onto others and try to portray a really kick-ass situation in a negative manner. And that's that's wrong. Like, that is just wrong. Yeah, for sure. It's good that you said that because Brene Brown actually gave a little speech and it was called or why your critics aren't the ones who count. And it pretty much goes into talking about how the people that – aren't doing what you're doing. Fuck, hold on. Let me find it. Okay. Found it. Good Lord. Okay. So the, (laughs) it's perfect. Uh, Why critics don't count or whatever. So one of the bigger quotes that she said in her speech is no one wants to hear something negative about themselves or their work. We truly, fuck, I can't read today. Oh my God. Oh, Oh my God, Natalie, I cannot read out loud. Don't ask me to read in third grade because I'm literally going to lose my mind. Okay. She's, she's panicking. I'm short circuiting and panicking. All right. She tells the group, 
I want to be in an arena. I want to be brave with my life. And when we make the choice to dare greatly, we sign up to get our asses kicked. We can choose courage or we can choose comfort, but we can't both. We can't have both, not at the same time. Hmm. And then she goes into saying, it's, it's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done um, could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs uh, and comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcomings, but who does actually strive to do the deed, who knows the great enthusiasm, the great devotion, who s- spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end of the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold, timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat. And that was a quote by Theodore Roosevelt that she quoted in her speech, Why the Critic Doesn't Count. So that's basically what Natalie is just saying. Like the people who are on the sidelines, the people who are judging you, the people who are projecting their insecurities, they do not matter. They're not playing the same game as you. They're not trying, period. I used to be that person, granted, like sometimes I am. And and everybody is at some point or another. You know, you always want to do maybe what someone else is doing. And for a long time with coaching, for example, and it was like, oh, well, I don't want to fail. I don't want these people to think that I'm doing this because – And then at the end of the day, it's like, they don't know me. They don't know my intention. They don't know why I'm doing what I'm doing. All they do is see from the outside and they're passing judgment. They're saying these mean things or they're questioning everything that I'm doing. But at the same time, it's like, bitch, I don't see you doing shit. I don't see you working your ass off. I don't see you waking up super early. I don't see you recording at you know night for your podcast. I don't see you editing. I literally don't see you doing anything. All I see is you being a bitch. But seriously, like you can't and I and I ha and I struggle with this. And Natalie knows that I struggle with this. Brian has like I'm like a broken record sometimes that I value so much what people think that it holds me back from a lot. And I just I'm getting better at it. And now I just, I feel like I'm in a good place, you know, to where I can just be like, F it and just do whatever I want, you know? But if you hold them, like their opinions more, I guess you weigh them more than your own, Mm -hmm. you're never going to do shit. And that's sad. Well, it's like what I tell you. It's like, honestly, like who cares? Like, honestly, who, who cares? Like I, 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 talk to Allie about this because Allie Allie's very transparent when when it comes to talking about how she does have concerns about how people feel about her and view her and you know that's something that has been going on in our friendship since our friendship started like it's it's she's transparent about it part of overcoming the challenges that you feel with it the first step is accepting it the second step is realizing that the people that truly matter to you no matter where you are, no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, those people are going to be in your corner, no matter what. Like, and I tell, I'm very vocal to Allie about this. Who cares what people think? Like truly. And I'm saying this because I was very much in her shoes back in the day, 
you know, where I couldn't do things because I was so concerned about other people's feelings. And sometimes I am still like that. But honestly, I just do what I want. You know who's the best person at this? Truly the best person. The person that really brought me out of my shell with this? Laura. I was just going to say that. Laura. Yep. Laura, bud, you the best. Spud. I have her literally in my phone as Laura Spud. (laughs) (laughs) It's the buds. But no. She's still a spud. She, you know what? That girl, I owe her so much because she really helped me get to the point of accepting, like, I'm going to do what I want. She literally would tell me all the time, I'm going to do what I want. And if people got a problem with it, that's on them, not on me. I'm still going to do what I want. And the free spirit, and you want to talk about just living her best life. I mean, really, she really does. And once I get to the point where I'm like, you know what, why, why can't I do that? Like, why can't I do that? Why can't I sign up for a CrossFit competition? Or why can't I run that 5K? Or why can't I start a side hustle? Like, why can't I be one of those guys? Oh, wait, I can. I can. I just need to put in the work to do it. Mm-hmm. And then I need to push myself to do this. That, at the end of the day, the only can't that's, that's coming out of my mouth is, is for me and me alone. Right. No one else is telling me that I can't do it. I mean, and granted with, with certain things, the, the encouragement to delay the execution was probably there, but I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it because if I don't do it, I'm never going to do it. Right. It was, it was like with grad school. I think, I think my only regret with grad school is, is my major. Well, I was just about to say, well, no, I like legitimately the more that I'm getting more into my career. My only regret with grad school is that I did it so soon right out of college. Like I didn't have an understanding of who I was as a person, let alone as a professional. And, you know, that's my only regret. I still loved our program. We've made amazing friends throughout. We had really great teachers. But I think if I had done it differently, I would have probably picked a different graduate program. But I didn't stop because I knew if I stopped, I wasn't going back. That's the thing. And yeah. once, once I get out of the motivation to do something, I'm not doing it. So that for me was why I just went right into it. No. I think like I was, I mean, I obviously went to grad school. I took a semester off cause I just didn't know what was going on. Like I didn't know what I want to do or whatever. And honestly, like I, the, the biggest thing I regret from grad school is literally picking the major I did. Like, don't get me wrong. Like healthcare is so important. Obviously we need healthcare to like be healthy. Well, not necessarily, but anyway. Um, but I am not meant to be in the healthcare field. Like, and if I am, it's definitely like not on the health giving side. You know, I'm, I'm more of like behind the scenes. Like I think if I would have taken time off and done something with like communications or like marketing or you know, things like that. Like, I feel like I just would have, I, I would have found my, my niche and then gone back to grad school for what I actually like to do. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like I'm happy I got my major. I wouldn't be where I am right now if I didn't go to school then, get my degree, get the internship and get the job right out of my internship. Like, again, like, I, and people are like, oh my God, like you must be so smart and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, maybe, but like, I'm just really lucky. I'm lucky 
that things fell where they did. Because if I would have gotten the internship a semester later, I wouldn't have got the job that I'm in now. You don't give yourself enough credit. I mean, I'm not saying I'm stupid. Like, I'm smart. I'm smart. I'm smart. But you, but you, you work at a 4.4 GPA. Yeah, you work hard at what you do. It's like, you know, it's for sure. Luck is one piece to it, but drive is another piece. And I think that's what, what this really comes down to is, is how, what's that one, um, motivational speaker? I love hearing his, his, how bad do you want to be a successful speech? Every time. Oh my God. It's, I, I, but he's like, how bad do you want to be a successful? Every time that comes out, like it came on today at work and I'm just like, yes 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 100 percent. go let's do this well, there's Anytime. a quote that says hard work puts you where good luck can find you there you go and i believe in that quote in my bones if you don't put in the work you can't expect for shit to go your way you know and sometimes it won't you know because it's not your time you have to be willing to put in the work it's the same thing with like working out you gotta put in the work to get results. You have to put in the work to see any change. If you don't like what you're getting, change what you're doing. And things will either go the way you want them or the way you don't want them. But at that point, you can assess and then change whatever it is that you're doing again, because life isn't stagnant. Life is ever evolving. So you need to keep up with life and you need to... uh, Oh, Natalie has... She found it. Eric Thomas. Okay. When you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you will be successful. That is, like, one of the best, like, motivational speeches ever. Yeah. Ever. Oh, that's good. So, highly recommend. Yeah, highly recommend if you haven't heard it. It's, like, you come out of of listening to him and you're just, like, like I said, it's on you. You come out of there and you're, like, wow, literally the only thing holding me back from doing what I want to do is me. You're the only person in your way. Nobody, and I think Rachel Hollis says this, she's, like, nobody will be as passionate about your life or about your goals or about what you want to do more than you. If you do not stand up for yourself, if you do not support yourself in your decisions, like if you're not your number one fan, nobody else is going to buy into you because you don't even believe in what you're doing. Facts. All the factoids today. But I also wanted to talk about when you like think that something will go, will be better if right so the first the first two things that i think of when i have the perfect body i will feel blank happy fulfilled just myself i'll feel more like myself when my body is perfect and it annoys me when people say that because i'm like it doesn't matter how thin you are or if you're trying to gain weight or if you're trying to do x y and z I I suffer from this as well. And I've been at my goal weight and I'm not going to talk about like my exact numbers cuz I don't it doesn't matter anymore to me like oh I mean it matters a little bit but it doesn't matter as much as it used to. But I've been at my thinnest and I've still been unhappy. Yeah. I've been at my thinnest and been quote unquote skinny fat and I I'm scared to have too much muscle on my upper body. Now, I know what you're going to, I know what you're saying. Working out, girls don't get bulky. 
bitch, you don't fucking know my back. Okay. My back, I I, I will literally turn into an NFL player. Don't even come at me. Oh, you're not going to get bulky. Mm, Yeah. I will look like the Michelin man's daughter. Okay. Like I will, I, I easily bulk up in my upper Mm -hmm. body. Now to you, that might not be bulky. But when I do not fit into my shirts anymore, that once fit, that is bother. That that bothers me. I don't want to have to go buy a, a new, a, a whole new wardrobe because my shoulders have expanded to now I can carry two couches on my back. Like that bothers me. So when I don't have a broad back or my shoulders aren't super huge, I'll be happy. I'll be able to fit into my clothing. I'll be able to do whatever. I'll be. And it's like, okay, so if you don't work out your upper body, you're just going to have what really strong legs and like peewee arms. Like that doesn't look right either. Like it's just going to look unproportioned to me. And it's just like all these if then but things where Mm -hmm. it's, I don't want to do this because this happens. But if I don't do that, then this is going to happen. And if I do this, then this is going to happen. And it's annoying. It's annoying. And it's just, it's not simple. And like working out is truly simple. Like you just got to move your body. You got to find something that you like to do and do it. And then don't worry about your results because your results aren't going to happen in one day, one week, four weeks, eight weeks. It takes time. It takes time. And over that course of time, you're going to realize that your perfect body is the one that you're in. And your perfect body is the one that allows you to move. Well, I just want to say, and you're touching on it, if you're constantly chasing, it's not even like a weight loss thing. It's just in general. It's we're just going to generalize. Yeah. It's and if, you're, if, if you're constantly chasing an image of perfection, you're always going to be chasing after something and you're never going to be happy. Right. And you're always going to fail because you're never going to get there. It's like, it's like, you know, folks that feel like they have to be within a certain position within like their five or 10 year plan. So, oh so, so, so what do you mean to tell me is that if, if you're not, if you're not at this level by the time that you're 35, your career was a waste? Like, is, is that like real, like, re- like really like your whole academic experience, your whole professional experience, like just because you didn't hit this goal by this per- particular moment in your life, that means it was a waste. It was for nothing. It's like, if you're constantly trying to chase after something, especially if it's something that's not directly related to you, you're never going to be happy. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's like people that have like timelines in their mind, right? Like, I, honestly, I get social media. I get it. Like, it's a critical piece of how we function as a society. But truthfully, if we didn't, if I didn't need it for stuff, I probably wouldn't use it. If I didn't need it to stay connected to my family and my friends, probably wouldn't use it, you know, but it creates these standards, these false expectations in our minds of where we need to be and at what time we need to be it in. Yep. And it's like, it's like the, the, the trend now, you know, it's like these girls going on social media with like these signs, like I'm 30, I don't have kids. I'm not married you know, I'm single, like all this different stuff. When did that become a bad thing to begin with? When was that ever a bad thing? It it wasn't. Like when I just think of like my quote unquote perfect timeline, like I thought in my little brain that I would graduate from undergrad, be engaged to that, to the boyfriend I had at undergrad, get married and have a really successful career and have a kid or whatever. 
And when I graduated um, undergrad, I had just met Brian. And, <laughs> and then you go to think like your perfect relationship, right? It's like, what does my perfect relationship look like? Or what does my perfect life look like? Or, you know, like what the perfect time to, to, to get engaged or, or to get married or to buy a house. And I feel like a lot of people in our generation right now feel like a lot of that pressure to have a perfect everything. And I feel like it just sets you up for failure. It sets oh, you up 100%. for failure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, it's like, I've, I mean, I've said this before with Brandon and I's relationship, I am definitely more protective of that in terms of sharing what I want to share on social media about it. Um, just because like after, after my ex and I broke up, I've said it before, like yeah. I just felt so exposed. Like I just felt like everybody knew my business. Everyone, even if I hadn't even talked to them in years, they knew my business. They knew what I went through. And I told myself that the next serious relationship that I have, no matter how serious it is, like I'm going to be more private about that. Um, and you know what? For me, Brandon and I were not perfect. We're not, you know, one what? minute. You're not? You know, I know. <laughs> one minute, you know, we'll be laughing. And then the next minute we'll be splitting each other's hairs, you know, driving each other nuts, you know. That's just our relationship. But that to me is perfect because I have someone that I come home to that no matter what, no matter how crappy of a day I have, they're there for me. Yeah. And, you know, it's, I mean, I was in my last relationship, I was definitely victim of the quote unquote timeline, you know, perfect timeline, you know, because I thought, all right, by the time I'm 27, we'll have a kid. We'll get married at 24, move, buy a house, all this different stuff. Nope. And you know what? That was the best, that was the best situation for me to go through because I, it's crazy. I, I think about like what, where I would be if that did happen, you know? And it's like, sad. well, it's, I, I could be a single mom. I could be a single mom, not have a penny to my name, live in a completely different city with no career because I was going to throw my career out the window, you know, and it didn't, didn't happen like that. And, you know, I'm marrying my best friend, you know, as crazy as we drive each other some days, like at the end of the day, like he's going to be there for me no matter what. And I'm going to be there for him. And, you know, it's okay not to have it all figured out. I think that's like really the main core of this whole episode. Like we need to be kinder to ourselves and accepting the fact that we are all at different phases of our lives. What one person is going through is not the same as another person. And we are in different time periods. Some people could be turning 27 and experiencing their first relationship other ever. Some people could be turning you know, 22 and be, you know, dating their significant other for seven years by now, the middle school sweethearts. Like we're, we can't. Yes. A middle school sweetheart. Brandon's parents were middle school sweethearts. Oh, I mean, like I'm talking about like people like our age. Yes. It's still a thing. What? The point of the matter is, is that. That is cool. I'm sorry. Like that's just cool. Like 
I'm trying to think about like who did I even date somebody in middle school? I mean, it's it's like innocent, you know. It's like for sure, but I'm just trying to think back. Like, I mean, it's definitely more of a rarer situation now. But yeah, Brandon's parents and his grandparents, I think, were either middle school or elementary school sweethearts. So I feel like but, there weren't that many fish in the pond. Anyway, grandparents' days. You know what I mean. But the point is, we can't compare. Everyone's at different phases of their lives, and and the only the only thing that you are going to do yourself by comparing where you're at to others is ruin your moment, ruin your feelings, put a damper on your day. It's only going to affect you. It's not going to affect them. It really isn't. The only person that's going to suffer from the consequences of that is you. So why do that to yourself? Yeah. Um, you're right. You're right. You get what I'm putting down. I'm picking up what you're putting down. And it's also like brave season. You know what I mean? Like you, you just got to do it. And if people agree with you, cool. If they don't agree with you, cool. Like stop waiting for things to be perfect. They're never going to be perfect. It's never going to be the right time. You're never going to be a hundred percent ready Nope. for anything, whether it's, that's why it's life. Like it, it's, it's life. Like, if it was super easy and you can prepare for everything, like, everybody would be doing, like, everybody would be millionaires or whatever. And that's just simply not the case, guys. Because whether you believe in a higher power, God, the universe, I don't know what other things there are to believe in, rocks, crystals, whatever it is, like, there is a greater plan for your life. And you, I don't know how to say this, you got to live your life knowing that what you're meant to do will like, it's going to happen. It's going to figure itself out. So you can't be scared to try for fear of failure because maybe that failure is supposed to happen to show you your true purpose, right? Your, your life's purpose. And if you know your life's purpose, if you feel like in your core, like this is what I'm supposed to be doing, I'm jealous because I don't have that yet. And a lot of other people do not have that yet. And that's okay. I mean, it's hard because I want to know what my purpose is here on earth and like in like with my relationships with friends and, and with Brian, like I would like to know, but in order to know what you're good at, you have to also know what you're not good at. Like, is it just, is it just me? I don't know. But to also kind of go off what you were saying, like, Brian and I aren't perfect either. I mean, literally this today, I was coming at Brian like at a hundred miles an hour and, you know, we're trying to figure out if we're going to keep renting. We're definitely not staying in our apartment. It's like, are we going to buy a house? Are we going to rent a house? Like it's all up in the air. And I feel like we only have a few weeks to decide. And it's, it's a lot that kind of sprung on us today. And I'm asking him a lot of questions and he's like, Allie, you're like really overwhelming me. You need to stop. And I, I'm the kind of person that like, I need to know what you're thinking of or like what our game plan is going to be or like what the possibilities are. And I have to remember that like, Brian isn't like that. Like Brian needs time to process what we're talking about. I'm like, let's process it together verbally. And he's like, no. I need to think about this on my own. I need to see what's going to be right for you and me. And then we can talk about what our plan is going to be, you know? And I mean, 
I'm a lot sometimes. Like I have a very big personality and very, very headstrong and I'm very demanding. Um, I'm not even going to try to sugarcoat that. Like I'm freaking demanding, but I think that's like a family thing. And it's not always rainbows and butterflies. And if it is, like, you really need to reevaluate that relationship too. Because it's like with friendships. If you haven't had a fight, like a, like a fight, an argument with your best friend, you are not best friends. Yeah, I agree with that. You're not. Because a best friend is with you through the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything else in between. People that stick with you through your shit and call you out on your shit. Um, so anyway, that got really serious. All in good fun. Yeah, no, but seriously, like if you are trying to start something new, uh, a new project, a new skill, a new hobby, if you're trying to become a podcaster, a blogger, a crossfitter, a Tumblr business owner, a new dog mom, a cat mom, literally anything that's new that could potentially go wrong, just do it. But it doesn't mean just do it on a whim. It means do your freaking research, do the work that it requires to do something successfully, and then put it out into the universe. Don't just willy-nilly it. That's our advice, guys. Sorry this isn't like your typical, I don't know, like upbeat, fun episode, but this is like a serious topic. And I thought of it about it this morning on the way to work, and it was on the radio, but I don't remember how I got onto that topic. But we are we're here for it. Just be kind. That's it kind of yourself and we'll just be self-assured that's it that's just what it comes down to be confident in what you can do be confident in what you bring into the table and if you see someone that's doing something that you're not and you want to get in it just go for it and ask them like honestly like i've asked a lot of people like hey how do you do this or like hey i see you're doing that can you maybe like, how, how did you get into that? Or how do you, how do you like doing that? Or don't be afraid to ask. Like literally all they're going to be is like, no, I don't want to talk to you. And they can be like, you're a bitch. And then like unfollow them and then find somebody else that does what they do. And then ask them. That's what the whole point of social media is like building community. And that's what we're about building community. So if you want to start something and we have spoken about it, or you think that we might be able to offer some advice, please do not shy away from asking us or letting us know what your thoughts are. And same thing, like if you have feedback for us on our podcast, do not be shy in letting us know. Like Natalie and I are more than happy to give advice and to also receive advice. Anyways, you guys, that's all we got for the show today. Hope you guys enjoyed it and you were able to follow our progression with this topic. But as always, kids, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. If you're feeling so inclined, please, please, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Anything less than five, you know what to do. DM us your complaints because we need to hear what's going on. You can also find us on Instagram at my not so balanced life, or you can find us on our personal handles at unapologetically Allie, or it's just me dot Natalie. We release new episodes every single Tuesday at 5 a.m. And we're doing two fingers sideways, peace signs. That's all we got. Vessels, and we will talk to you guys soon. Bye. Bye. Oh, wait, it's me. I have to stop. (laughs) Okay, bye.
Bye.